Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Matt Kelly, president of Champaign County AFL-CIO, as well as the business manager, financial secretary, and treasurer of Local 149 Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. Thanks for joining me today, Matt. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about where you went to school, what led you to become a plumber or pipe fitter. Give me a little bit of your history. Sure. I grew up in North Champaign, in Dobbins Downs, on Dobbins Street, actually. My dad is from Champaign. My mom is from Homer, Illinois, but I grew up in North Champaign. Went to Holy Cross School for from kindergarten to eighth grade. There was no Catholic school at the time for high school, so I ended up going to Champaign Central High School. Loved it. Loved every bit of Holy Cross, but I also really loved going to Central and being in the public schools. It was certainly different, but it was great. Actually, I rode the bus with all new people and different people, and it was actually a great experience going to public schools. What led me to become a pipe fitter? After high school, I went to Parkland because no one encouraged me to do anything other than go to college. Everybody up to that point, told me college was the way to go, and I needed to go to college, even though they knew I was a poor student, and I honestly barely made it out of Champaign Central High School. Thank goodness for wonderful teachers of mine who helped me along the way, but just wasn't a very good student, but no one ever encouraged me to do anything other than go to school. So I went to Parkland. I fiddle-farted around in Parkland. I was in criminal justice for a time, then construction management for a time, and then business management for a time. None of them really worked. But during that time, I was also working at a bank and also working in a restaurant. And I really enjoyed both of those experiences. But what I learned is, one, I was not very good at school. But I also learned that even in the banking industry, which sounds really professional, and you would think there would be a lot of money in banking. There is not a lot of money in banking. So working at the bank, I realized I was a teller for the most part. Most of the people that I waited on were construction workers, and they made pretty good money. And I started talking with some of the people that came into the bank and learned a little of what they did. So then I started considering maybe bailing out of school and maybe bailing out of the banking industry and looking into a trade, which is how I came about through some trials and tribulations going to the Plumbers and Pipefitters Union. I worked outside of the union for a fair bit. I worked non-union at a heating and air company. And it was that experience that once I got into the union, really, it really helped me understand the value of a union. Because at the time, I didn't realize that I was literally being exploited. And I didn't understand that I was being taken advantage of until I got into the union. And then I started realizing, I didn't have to do that. Or I didn't have to say those things. Or I didn't have to accept that. And I found my voice. So that's how I ended up in the Plumbers and Pipe Fitters. It took me four years of trying to get into the plumbers and pipe fitters apprenticeship program because it is difficult. And that's what a lot of folks don't understand is how difficult it is. It is a competitive situation and it took me some trying and three test taking tries and two failures. And then finally got in and it's the best thing that ever happened for me and me and my family. That dovetails nicely into my next question, because I know the length of time for training is different for electricians, for plumbers, for pipe fitters. 
But what kind of training did you actually go through? Was it hands-on? Did you know what you were doing before you walked in the door and had your hands on your first job? What's neat about our situation, and especially because I came from the industry, just not the union industry, and I thought I did know a lot. I was pretty confident in my skill set and thought I was pretty good at what I did. And then I got into our apprenticeship program and realized I was not very good and I did not know anything, actually. Our apprenticeship program is very similar to any other higher education learning. It's partially hands-on and there's a lot of shop work and shop experiences that we do in our training facility, but there's also a lot of actual classroom learning. That was the most difficult part for me because I, as I said earlier, was not a good student, but we come into class and we have to learn math all over again. And I was a little older, so I'm in class as a almost 30-year-old with a bunch of young people that are 18 and 19 and 20 who had just come out of high school and were really fresh with math and science. And I, a decade into the real world, and had to relearn how to add fractions and divide fractions and learn about science and things like that, but is a great experience. And our program takes five years. The way our apprentices, our apprenticeship program works, it's you have to get 1,750 working hours. So the whole time you're in school, you also have a full-time job. So you work and then you have to take off a week from work to come to school and you have to get 250 hours of classroom learning. And that's how you progress through the five years. It's everything from math and science to pipe fabrication and layout and customer service. And there's so many different parts of our industry that you have to cover. So it takes five years for us. Other trades, my dad was a roofer. Their apprenticeship is three years and it's, it's a little less on the math and the science and less on the customer service, but more on the technical parts of the technology that goes into putting in a roof. Plumbers and pipe fitters, we have to have a little bit more broad background and broader skill set. So ours takes five years. Why have unions become a political thing? Does the support of unions cross party lines or is it a political thing on one side? We certainly cross party lines. My union is the United Association and Rodney Davis, who I am sure you're a huge fan of. Our union, for one reason or another, supported him tremendously. And he's a Republican. He often does not align with the, certainly with the Democratic Party, but often with the unions in general. But on some key issues, he does line up with us well. So my union in particular really supported him. We are a nonpartisan group. You know, unfortunately, typically the left side of the aisle supports unions and workers in general more often than the other side of the aisle. The other side of the aisle often supports business and those anti-worker type agendas that unions fight against. So we're not partisan, but we do typically line up fairly well with one side of the aisle, that being on the, the left side. Let's talk about the labor movement. Has it gotten weaker or stronger over the last 20 years? If you look at the whole 20 years, it unfortunately has probably gotten weaker. Fortunately, there is a large anti-union and anti-worker movement in this country for whatever reason, mostly money. The labor movement and 
our supporters just does not have the funding that the big business on the other side does. And they unfortunately went out because they're just so powerful with all the money they have. But they have failed over the last two to four years. And the things like Amazon and Starbucks workers and things like that have strengthened the the labor movement as a whole, the union movement. And we're seeing some, a little renaissance coming, but we're still behind the eight ball a little bit. And there's still such a huge push against that organization and that movement that it's going to take a lot to overcome. Let's talk about some of the positive things. You worked with Build My Future and the Champaign-Urbana Cradle to Careers programs. How do these programs help young people? Both programs and just kind of in general, that idea of Build My Future or the EFE program that Parkland partners with, just introducing students to non-traditional career paths, just letting them put their hands on things. And in Parkland, really, I have to give a lot of credit to Parkland College. They have a wonderful construction technology program, and they do a really great job of just letting students of all walks of life put their hands on a hammer or a drill. And then they they literally have a house inside their building that the students help. They tear it down and then they build it back up. And that is so wonderful because a lot of people have never experienced that. They've literally never driven a nail in with a hammer or cut a board in half, or they have no idea how a roof is installed or what plumbing is or, or anything. And they do a great job of just getting it in front of them. And one of the neatest things about these programs is some of the students, they don't like it. They hate it. And they say, I never want to have to do this, but that's just as valuable because they know I have to focus a lot better in school because I don't ever want to do that. But far more find, hey, this is really great. This is really fulfilling. And this is really exciting. And I would love to do this on a daily basis. And we've already seen so many of those students come into our apprenticeship programs. And then now they're excelling and they're doing great. Those programs are great. And the cradle to careers program is great. You know, that starts when they're a little tiny. It's there until they get into the workforce. But where that took me was into the CU Schools Foundation. If you're not familiar, if your listeners are not familiar, they are doing great work. And Kelly Hill is a, she's just a super advocate for everything in Champaign-Urbana. That's where I ended up kind of getting involved with them and helping just students in general, but the Building Trades Council, the AFL-CIO, Local 149 Plumbers and Pipefitters, We've started, you know, a relationship with the CU Schools Foundation. From there, we go to Champaign Central and Centennial. They're building new facilities in the last two or four years. They needed help with their welding facilities because they wanted a really great shop area. Well, they needed more money and they were going to have to cut some things out for welding in particular. So because of the relationships we'd built, they came to me and with Local 149's help and then one of our contractors, A&R Mechanical, we funded the welding booths and the welding facilities at both high schools. Those are the things that have come out of these relationships where in the past we haven't had that strong of a relationship. And 
people knew what we did and we knew what they did, but we never connected. So that's one of the great things about these relationships is now we're connecting because we're all trying to do the same things. And we're often just trying to help young people get jobs or do better. So that's been the best thing that's happened out of all those things. You talk about the schools and making them better and you ran for school board recently. What was the best part of running a campaign and what was the worst? The best was honestly the best because I launched a legit campaign. I feel like I really put a lot of time and effort into making sure that everyone understood what I was doing, what I was trying to accomplish. I ran for school board in Tuscola, Illinois. I live here. I've lived here for 20 years almost. I'm still an outsider here. It's a small town living right here at its best. So I'm not as well known or familiar to the community. So the best part was getting to know the community, just getting to know the people that I would be representing potentially. My neighbors, literally, I didn't know some of my neighbors. I got to meet my neighbors got to meet some of the other people in the community that I likely wouldn't have met otherwise. So that was the best part. And I'm happy that I ran because of that. Well, the worst part was losing because I lost. But the worst part of it was the fact that the way our election system works, I was running and they have four ranges. And I was running in one range I had opposition. I was the only one that had opposition. And unfortunately, I ran against the candidate I never could have beat because he was a hometown guy. Great guy. And he's doing a fine job. I would never overcome his hometown hero kind of platform. But at the same time, everyone that could vote could vote for me or any of the other candidates. So even though we're specific to this certain range, everyone could vote for everyone. And people I don't think understood that there were four openings, but only three of the people on the ballot could get elected. So I ended up getting almost 300 votes. The winner in my election, he got 330. The person that got elected in the other range got 15 votes, but I lost and he got elected. And then to make it even worse, He moved a month or two later. He gets on the school board with 15 votes to my 300. He gets the job and then he quits the job a couple months later, which him quitting is fine. He had to move. That's fine. But that was the worst part because I feel like the voters did not understand. And I feel like the voters were voting for me to be on the board, but they did not understand how the election worked. And I ended up not being successful. Well phrased, and I'm sorry about that. Currently in your jobs, uh, plural, do you have days where you wish you were not part of management? You could just go back in the field and have zero responsibilities in terms of administration? That is a great question, and rarely I do. But I, I really do love my job. All of the things I get to do, I'm I'm very fortunate. I love everything I do, and I am constantly fulfilled with the work that I get to do. But with that being said, I have a pipe wrench tattooed on my arm and I have that there because I really did love the work. I loved working as a pipe fitter plumber and just enjoyed every piece of it. I enjoyed the work and the hard part of the job, but I also loved the job sites and the other trades and other people and meeting new people and seeing new things. And I really did love the work as a plumber pie fitter. So 
yes, some days, especially on a stressful or annoying day, I do think I could go back because I could still go back. I'm still a pipe fitter, plumber. I still have a plumbing license. I could go back and just turn a wrench for eight hours and then go home and put everything away. We're in the jobs I have now. I, I don't get to turn my phone off and I don't ever get to put it away. And that's fine. And I love all of that. But rarely, but sometimes I do like to think about, maybe I just go back and turn a wrench. As president of the Champaign County AFL-CIO, you oversee thousands of union members. What are some of the chief complaints you get from your members? The chief complaints I think that I hear is that they are not seen or they're not valued as they should be. Often and and typically it's by their employer. It's by the university they work for, the contractor they work for, or the entity that they work for, that they are not being treated as they should and they are getting taken advantage of. But just as often, honestly, just being honest, they are critical of the union that represent them, that they are not doing a good enough job of paying attention to issues that they're having or responding to issues that they're having. And that's my role is to try and help that and try and make a connection if I can or be a mediator, a middleman if I can. But at the end of the day, that's always what workers are striving for is just to be heard and be recognized and valued for the work that they do. And that's why People unionize, you know, unions are a scary and often odd thing that people are unfamiliar with, but Local 49 in particular has just organized a new group and their main complaint is not money. They were not coming to us to get more money or to stick it to their employer or to cause a problem. They just want a voice and they just want to be heard and they just want to be valued. And unfortunately, alone as individuals, they were not able to get that. So they felt that joining a union and forming a collective and then having a voice turns their one voice into 10 voices. And then when they join our union, it turns into 650 voices, which just gives them more influence and more control over their daily lives. And that's all anyone's ever really asking for. The AFL-CIO of Champaign County is sponsoring this year's Vote Yes for Workers' Rights Labor Day Parade. It's Monday, September 5th in downtown Champaign. Why is this year's theme more important than ever? The main reason this year is so important is there's a constitutional amendment on the ballot on November 8th. Everyone will have the opportunity to vote yes for workers' rights. And it's all the things I just mentioned. The neat thing about this particular constitutional amendment is it's supported by both Democrats and Republicans. The polling right now for the general public is like 75% in favor of this. Because just as it says in the title, it's it's workers' rights. It's just ensuring that workers, whether you're union or non-union, this is not a union-only thing. This is workers-only. And it just ensures that you have the voice you need. It can work safely. You can get the training that you need and that you can be seen and heard at work. So that's why we chose that as our slogan for this year's Labor Day Parade. And that's why it's such a big deal, because it's a constitutional amendment, which, you know, the Constitution is our our kind of guiding foundation for the state. So it's a big deal. And we need everyone to vote yes for workers' rights, because it will support every single worker in the state. So 
why wouldn't you support it? Before I let you go, Matt, I have to ask, if you weren't a plumber, a pipe fitter, a business manager, a financial secretary, a president of anything, and you had any talent in the world, you could be an NFL quarterback. You could be the drummer of a rock band. What would you be doing if you had the talent and could do anything you wanted in life? That's a good one. Honestly, I would be a construction worker in some fashion. I don't know why, probably because my dad was a roofer and my grandpa was a lineman, electrician, and it's just something that I've grown up with my whole life. But the construction trades are wonderful and I love every bit of it, whether it's being on a roof or in a ditch or running plumbing or my brother's an electrician being a a wireman. I'd be a construction worker because it's a great group of people that you get to be around and have fun with. And it's really fulfilling too. So I'd be a construction worker. Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Matt Kelly, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much.